The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to the Patricia Raskin Show, the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions. And now, the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio. Here's your host, Patricia Raskin. Well, hello, everyone, and we are back, and you are listening to the second part of the Patricia Raskin Show. And uh, we have with you today uh, a really terrific guest. His name is Joe Corella, and um, Joe is the director of the Scandinavian Living Center in Newton, Massachusetts, and he's the author of the new book, Unlimited Options for Aging. And after a disturbing experience in a geriatric ward as a teenager, Joe has dedicated his career to find better ways in elder care, to reducing isolation and breaking down institutional walls. His book is research-backed, and he studied in Scandinavia. He's had great success at the centers, and uh, we welcome you. Welcome, Joe. Thank you for having me, giving me the opportunity to share our principles. Yeah, so tell us, first of all, uh, why you decided to write this book. Well, two reasons. First, the, I wrote a book 20 years ago called Unlimited Options for Aging. And at the time, it's interesting because writing this book, this book is titled Creating Unlimited Options for Aging. And at the time, and if I read it today, it's, I was angry 20 years ago. I was looking for answers. As you mentioned, I was put in, mistakenly put into a geriatric unit, which changed my life. And it was a terrible experience. It, it's, it haunts me daily to go back to that institutional reality that I lived. So when... Uh, when I wrote the, the Unlimited Options for Aging, it was the, the, the framework for designing the Scandinavian Living Center. And I, w- I didn't know I was writing a book. I was responding to a foundation, and, and when someone, I was talking to someone, a human connection, this is the big deal about creating unlimited options. When I was talking to someone in the hallway, they asked me what, I, uh, what, was, what was the title of this thing I was doing. And I said, unlimited options for aging, and the person happened to be a publisher. So that got published, but meanwhile, I started working on the Scandinavian Living Center. And creating unlimited options for aging is an update, but it also includes a principle that I alluded to in the first book. Hmm. And the, four, the, the original three principles was maintaining our residential reality, maintaining, promoting our autonomy, and maintaining our lifestyle. The fourth principle, which actually turns out to be the, the ultimate goal, is community-centered living. Mm. And, what commu- and what community-centered living is all about is creating natural human connections between elders and their neighbors. Uh, and as a matter of fact, the human connections, not between people that live in a housing uh, environment, it's for everybody. So if you look at it that way, that's the key. You want to bring people together to gather. You want to develop all housing 
especially if it's older adult housing. It's not just about building beautiful apartments uh, or, or, or castle in the sky. It has to be built in such a way that it connects the neighbors. Mm-hmm. So that's the key of community-centered living. But the components were the first three principles I wrote about in the first book. But the, 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 one of the main ones is creating a welcoming residential setting. Mm. What, I mean by, what I mean by that is building housing for the people that are going to live there, but also build in your project common space enough common space for people to gather. For example, yeah. we have a Nordic Hall, and we have, we have about 28, 30 organizations that use this place as the center of their organization. Now, that's key because you, it ha, it, it, when you create an institutional setting, people visit loved ones in an institutional mm-hmm. setting that they want right. to leave as soon as possible. Does that make right. sense? Right. So what you're trying to do is not only maintain the dignity of elders, but make your environment welcoming and inviting so people will want to be there and stay there. I want to create a dignified environment for everyone. Mm -hmm. And when you focus on the entire community, the individual people benefit, if that makes sense. If, If you allow the residents or the elders to be part of their community, what better way to celebrate that person, and, and as opposed to separating them uh, from their neighbors and friends. I, I actually had, I was uh, having a conversation with someone the other day, and they said to me, well, it's like uh, it takes a village, that famous expression. And I thought about it for a second, and I said, you know, if you agree that it takes a village, a community to come together and help each other out, for the young especially, why would you segregate the most important part of that community, the older adults who have a lot to give back. Elders, older adults have made more mistakes than anybody in their 20s. <laughs> you know, just, and that alone gives them the experience and wisdom to share, to give these little shortcuts for all of us to, uh, uh, to benefit as we grow older ourselves. That's the disconnect that has developed in all types of elder housing. We have this institutional thinking where if your loved one has moved to a place, they're not part of the community. They're just part of that housing complex. And that's why community-centered living is critical. Now, the residential setting has to be a welcoming place for everyone to gather. Right. Now, you have in your system, you have four pillars of unlimited options. So right. let's talk about each one of those, or have you kind of put them all together? Well, they're all, you can talk about them separately, but at the end of the day, one does not live without the other. So community-centered living is the, is the center of the uh, successful housing project. If you look at that, where community-centered living is the goal, you want to create an atmosphere where people can come together, uh, connect, simple human connections, even if it's a small hello or a discussion. But it's where organizations meet, so you can be part of an organization. So that becomes very important. The second element, component, is creating this atmosphere, the residential setting. So it's a, it's not, you get rid of anything that has to do with institutional building, design, and even institutional thinking. Mm. And we, I can talk about that in a few minutes. So the residential setting is important. Now, when you have a residential setting, 
that welcomes everybody and a person living in that housing environment feels secure and safe, the next principle is embracing autonomy. Now, autonomy is, someone would say, oh, it's a buzzword. It, it's, it's an important word. It's not a buzzword. It's a word that tells someone, we encourage you to make your own decisions. Take responsibility for your decisions. As long as you're not hurting anyone else, this is your, this is your life, your dreams. Just like growing up, we had dreams. Those dreams should never stop because you're in your 60s, 70s, or 80s. It needs to continue. Now, if a person living in a housing place is secure enough to feel like they have their autonomy, then they can choose amongst the number of multiple connections that are provided with community-centered living. Community-centered living is not about bringing children in to sing music. That's important, but it's bringing organizations and different different hobbies, different ideas from all ages, not just geared for elders. It's geared for all ages into your setting. Yeah, I want to tell you something interesting that, um, and I'm sure you're aware of this, but it's just come into our state. Are these homes, uh, assisted living homes, that are that are actually residential homes that have ten people, ten or eleven people? So that's a whole new concept that's coming into play as well. The, the housing, the development, the, it, as long as you can get people coming to that facility, and I, and it's difficult because people are up against it when they say, "Well, let's just build as many apartments as we can." I love the small size. As long as that place is connected to their community. The the other day, I was doing a presentation in a senior center, and that's part of the problem. We we develop these senior centers, performing arts centers. Everything is isolated. And I remember standing there talking to this this large group of uh, elders. Wouldn't it be great if a housing complex was here? Even if it was for all ages, the idea is keeping everybody together. If you have to step back and look at it as a business model, look at the savings for taxes for each town and city. Instead of building a separate community center, a senior center, whatever the uh, uh, performing arts center, these organizations, if they come together, you take care of housing. In some cases, it helps with transportation, but you're bringing people together. So those two, the components of uh, a welcoming residential setting, along with empowering and embracing autonomy, because autonomy is not easy. Um, I have, in the book, I have stories where people have had to make decisions and their children didn't agree with it, and it, it was almost killing their children. But at the end of the day, the older adult has the right to make decisions. Now, the beautiful part of a successful community-centered living is if you if you if you have the welcoming residential setting and you embrace autonomy and it's all clicking, then the final principle is maintaining our lifestyle. Yeah. Basically, you're comfortable to choose among different organizations, and I have a great story if I can share it with you. Sure, we and have about a, two minutes before break, and then we'll come back after the break. Okay, so let me get let me see if I can get the Al story in here. Al was a friend of mine who was uh, at the old Swedish home where I used to work, and he saw that I went off to Scandinavia and did the research. He understood that. He followed me as I did the research, came back, Unlimited Options got uh, published. We designed and developed the Scandinavian Living Center. As soon, and he had started a small appliance group, nonprofit group, where people came in to get their small appliances repaired, and all they have to pay for are just the parts. I've had my, my, my lights and radios fixed by this group. 
Well, shortly after we moved into the brand new Scandinavian Living Center, Al's wife passed away. Mm. And after a short time, he decided to move into the Scandinavian Living Center. So now Al, and we used to banter back and forth. He was a very intelligent person. I just loved talking to him about all my ideas. So when the day came for him to move in, I had to ask. I said, Al, why did you come to the Scandinavian Living Center? And then I'm thinking he came because I was a good friend. No, he didn't tell me that. He wouldn't give me the satisfaction. Then I said, well, he's coming because of the research. No, it had nothing to do with the research. And now my ego's taking over, and I'm thinking, he'll tell me he came here because it's the greatest place on earth, or it's the greatest place in Massachusetts. Absolutely not. That's not why he came to the Scandinavian Living Center. He came here because his toolbox was here. Now, initially, I, I laughed but then when I thought about it, what Al was telling me was, I'm coming here because you're allowing me to maintain my lifestyle, something that's very important to me. So when you have community-centered living, you give hundreds of opportunities for people to maintain an interest, a desire, a lifestyle. That's why it's very important to individuals, not only living in the housing complex, but people in the neighborhood. And we can talk about that after break if we have time. Yeah, absolutely. All right. You are listening to The Patricia Raskin Show, and I'm Patricia Raskin. And we are talking about unlimited options for aging. And our guest today is Joe Corella. And Joe is the director of, he's executive director of the Scandinavian Center, which is based in Massachusetts. And he's a passionate advocate for community-centered living and shares his story about other options for our aging population. You're listening to The Patricia Raskin Show right here on voiceamerica.com. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. What voice guides your sexual needs and desires, yours or others? The Sexual Voice with host Jessica Ford is the show to lead you to a happier, healthier, and more fruitful sexual self. Let Jessica help you find your own unique voice to express sexual feelings, gain confidence, and to appreciate your own needs and desires. Listen live every Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Central, and 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. There is a sexual voice inside of everyone. Come discover yours. Are you or someone you know interested in attending college? With both college tuition and college enrollment up 60% since 2002, there is a lot of competition, and careful planning needs to be a part of the process. Tune in to Getting In, a College Coach Conversation, hosted by Elizabeth Heaton and featuring a team of college coach experts. We'll bring you the tips, techniques, and know-how to navigate the road to college and do so the smart way. Listen live every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Are you a pet parent? If so, you'll want to stay up to date on the latest tech gadgets and advances for your canine or feline friend. With a ton of apps, websites, tech toys, and more, you'll want to be in the know when it comes to the real treasures 
and the duds. For that information, listen for Pet Lover Geek with host Lorian Clemens. We test and discuss what's hot and what's not on the pet front, so you'll be better informed. Tune in Saturdays at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Variety. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. are listening to the patricia raskin show if you wish to call into our program today please call 1-866-472-5788 that number again is 1-866-472-5788 you may also send an email to patricia at patriciaraskin.com now back to the patricia raskin show Hi, everyone. We are back. You are listening to The Patricia Raskin Show. I'm Patricia Raskin. And we are talking in this half hour about unlimited options for aging. And with a proven model for community-centered living, and this is based on the Scandinavian Living Center in Newton, Mass., my guest is Joe Corella. And Joe Corella is the executive director of the Scandinavian Center Living Center in Newton. And we're talking about his new book, Unlimited Options for Aging. Welcome back, Joe. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Let me ask you something. Um, I, we said, or you read, you talked about how uh, you visited Scandinavia. So you were there. What's different there? What is, it, what, what is it that we should copy from them, or what did you learn from them? And what countries were you in? Well, I visited, uh, let's see, Denmark, Sweden, Norway, and Finland. I, I took two trips out there, visited over 60 places, wow. uh, and spoke to lots of professionals. And what was amazing to me is just their attitude towards their older adults. Yeah, very really different. Giving them, and really yeah. giving them the, um, it, appreciating the autonomy. Right. Uh, there's a funny example where I was in a, just a nursing home, and I saw the balconies everywhere. They have a light everywhere. I mean, they, they, it's a beautiful design, um, but there was... I went into one apartment, being the American that I was, I, I said, are you concerned that someone's going to jump off the balcony? And yeah. he looked at me and he said, you know, that's their choice, isn't it? And without missing a beat. And I realized that's where I got the, the principle of autonomy. They really embrace autonomy, allow a person to basically maintain their lifestyle, their wants and needs, just like you and I. Well, now, I also other- think there's ageism in this country, which you don't have as much in Europe. Would you agree? Uh, I'm not an expert, but my take on it is that you're right. They they really respect their elders. They they have probably more elders than elderly. We have elderly. We unfortunately look at our older adults and say, "Oh, look at the elderly." Oh, they, interesting. I, they, yeah, I would rather have, switch that around and call them elders because mm-hmm. they deserve to be on the top of the hill. They mm-hmm. are the kings and queens of our society. They mm-hmm. give back to us. And yeah. they really need to be looked at elders, and it yeah. changes everything. They don't look at someone in a wheelchair and say, oh, my goodness, you're done. They look at the person's talent, not what their needs are, because everybody has needs at all ages. They believe in, uh, for example, Denmark, all their nursing homes had private rooms. They didn't understand when I was asking them, how do you feel about having a roommate? They thought the question was silly. I spoke mm-hmm. to residents, I spoke to administrators, nurses, mm-hmm. they didn't understand because for 60 years they've had private rooms 
and the rest of Scandinavia gets it. And just like the U.S., yeah. we're, we're going in that direction, too. Yeah. There's no yeah. need to have two, three, and four people in a room unless you choose to do that. It should never be dictated. Everyone, at a minimum, uh, deserves to have private space. Mm, And and studies have shown, and and it's in the, I think it's definitely in the first book, but studies have shown that you develop these invisible territorial boundaries when you have a roommate that's not your choice. You put an invisible line, and all of a sudden you isolate yourself. But when you're in a private setting, you go out, you socialize more because you have your private setting. You can come back there and be unhappy. You can come back there and be happy, but you don't have to share if you don't want to. So there's a great emphasis put on autonomy and dignified living. And, and I call it a welcome and residential setting. Yeah, I just so what, if you could make right now, if you could, uh, you know, have a magic wand and make a change in our system, or and I know you're doing this at the Scandinavian Living Center, what would be the first thing you would do? And I think you said, you know, you would make it very like a home. You'd make it, yeah. you know, very, uh, very non-institutionalized setting. Every, at every, every turn, we need to eliminate institutional thinking and mm-hmm. living. At the nursing mm-hmm. home level, and this is just one tiny piece, because community-centered living should be everywhere, even in the nursing home setting. Everyone deserves to have a private space. That should be the future. We should be changing our nursing homes, renovating our nursing homes. There's no room for two, three, and four people in a room. And someone asked me the other day, well, they, well, they, they made the comment, well, you know, Joe, I agree with everything, but this whole shared rooms, I think it's helpful to have shared rooms. And I said, well, you know, it's not about private shared. It's about a person deciding to have a roommate. Exactly. Once you and I say this is the only way, we've just institutionalized that person. And, yeah. and, built, and you can build a beautiful building. We built Scandinavian Living Center, and there is, we, we discovered institutional thinking. If I, and, and I'd love to share some of those stories with you because it's telling. You can have a beautiful building, country club atmosphere, but if you're isolated, it's still an institution. Yeah. And that's yeah, the key. True. Well, we have about three minutes left, Joe, so I think the best thing for you to do is share your message to our listeners. It's simple. We need to stop thinking of housing for elders as a place that's isolated from the rest of the community. The people that build these housing uh, structures should build for the community. So at Scandinavian Living Center, we have outpatient physical therapy. We have all ages coming here. And, and I remember the ver- first week opening up the PT, a teenager came with his mother, and the mother was like, oh, I think this is an awful place for my son. This doesn't make sense. This is not healthy. A week later, that teenager was having drinks with the residents in the cafe. Oh. No one forced it. It was natural. So the message is whatever we have to do to create natural, healthy human connections, that should be our goal. At all levels of elder care, the nursing home, assisted living, independent housing, we need our elders to continue to connect to us, educate us, and share their stories with us. And there's no other way of doing it. Bringing in a group of 10 children to visit, that, that, that's nice, but it should yeah. always happen. Now, 
At the end of the day, we have 40 apartments at the Scandinavian Living Center. Half our space is common space. When we first opened, the bank didn't understand why I did that. And what they didn't understand is our focus was on community-centered living. So two points. We have over 2,000 visitors a month that come to this center, and we're not counting family. Not fam- no family, no friends. So here's the message. At the end of the day, if the old Swedish home or an outdated facility burns, burns down to the ground, this is a terrible analogy, but it's the only one I can think of right now, the community right away says, is everybody safe? Is everybody okay? And everyone's safe, everybody's okay. Within days, they forget about that facility. But if community-centered living is done right, and that same building builds down, they ask the same question, is everybody safe? Did you get out? And we all say, yes, everybody's safe. But the next question, they don't forget. They, we have now torn the heart out of the community, out of that town. And that community then, there's a call for, for action. We need to rebuild that place because that's all right, our and we're community. We have to center. close it on that note. So tell us how people can find you. We have like if 30 they, seconds. Sure. They, will, they go to our website, which is being redone. Go to www.s lcenter.org and the book Creating Unlimited Options for Aging should be out the print version by the end of this year. All right. Thank you so much for being on the program, Joe Corella. Terrific. And again, Joe Corella is the Executive Director of the Scandinavian Living Center in Newton, Mass. His new book, Unlimited Options for Aging. And again, you said it was SL, what was the website again? SL Center. SLCenter.org. All right. Stay on the line for a minute. Thanks a lot, Joe. It was a great interview and very inspirational. Thank you. you. All right. All right, folks. That wraps up this edition of The Patricia Raskin Show. Remember, stay healthy, stay happy, get the support you need, and know you can make your dreams come true. Log on to my website, patriciaraskin.com. Sign up for my newsletter, Patricia at patriciaraskin.com, and then you'll see all the guests I have on this show and other shows as well. Until next time, again, have a wonderful week. Bye for now. Thank you for tuning in to this week's edition of the Patricia Raskin Show. Be sure to join Patricia Raskin and another amazing guest next Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have an outstanding week.